Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello, I'm Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, This is the biggest show of the week. This is the one you guys like the most. We review last night's game, and I am going to pick every game straight up and against the spread. Did pretty well last week. Uh, Did real well last night. If you watched last night, or if you listened to last night's pod, I basically said... Low-scoring game. I did pick the Bengals to win, but I wanted Houston with the spread. Um, so I went to mybookie.com and, or not my, it's actually not .com, it's mybookie.ag. And I put some couple ducats on the under, and I put some on Houston with the points. And that was a double win, so how about that? Uh, we're brought to you by my bookie. I should just tell you about them now. I mean, I'm going to talk about them the whole show, to be honest with you, because I'm going to their site to get all the spreads, and we're going to pick games right off of their site in the order they have them. So I'm going to tell you about my bookie. I mean, today I basically tell you the winners, and I know a thing or two about a thing or two about the, the NFL, and I'm kind of new to the betting game, but, you know, with my bookie, I'm in all in, and it's been fun. Um, my bookie has been in business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, which is awesome. You just made money right off the bat just for signing up. Uh, they have the fastest payouts, seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? I mean, I'm going to tell you that today. So lay down some cash and win big today. Um, I would only recommend a ser- the service like this to my listeners. It's been good to me, and they absolutely have been. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. They win. Here, you win after I tell you who to take. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze, which is great. So this is what you guys do. First thing you do is you listen to the pod. Actually, hit pause. Go to mybookie.ag. Join now. Put a deposit in. They'll match it up to 100%. If you use my promo code, L-O-N-F-L, that activates the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So this is what you do. Hit pause real quick. Run, do that, and pull it up as we go. And we will talk games right off their site with, you know, you already have your deposit there matched. And we will go from there. And you can pick games you like the best, and we'll all be bazillionaires. How about that? And you can send me a big check and say, Matt, I love you. All right. So let's talk about last night's game. Um... It kind of went as scheduled. I mean, both these offenses aren't very good. I think Houston sort of has Cincy's number, and there's a a great stat out there that Joe Goodberry found. He's a great uh, Bengals dude. I urge you to check him out on Twitter. The teams that that are familiar with the Bengals, the ones in their division, teams they've played recently, usually beat them the next time around. You know, once you play the Bengals and know what they're all about, usually... The Bengals are then in a big disadvantage, which I don't take as a very strong, you know, stock on Coach Lewis's resume. If they become easier to play against, the more you play them. Um, and Houston has had success against these guys. 
Clearly the biggest play of the game was Watson on a very nice run, a non-designed 50-yard run. It was the only touchdown of the game. I have my game notes here, and I'll scroll through them, but that was the the difference. And, and I kind of made the joke. I didn't make the joke. I mean, that now everyone I knew everyone's going to be talking about Watson today. Boy, the Texans have their guy. Oh, he's so special. He's great in the big game and the big lights, and he had a tough upbringing. And did you see the run he had? And I, and I wrote the tweet something about as soon as he scored the touchdown, so now everybody is going to think Watson's good. And I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but he was my last ranked of the big four quarterbacks, and I haven't seen anything from him to change that. I don't see a close to a good quarterback at this stage, and I don't see great tools. Running for a touchdown is nice, but that doesn't – that side. I mean, that, that that's that's not the quarterback position. Um, clearly, he didn't have a lot of advantages either. I mean, I'm not crushing the guy. But the top three tight ends <laughs> all are concussed, didn't play in this game, still got the win. So they start the game with seven offensive line, uh, offensive linemen. And for the majority of the game, I didn't keep track um, in terms of exact snaps, but they almost always had six and up to seven offensive linemen on the field. And I like that strategy. I mean, instead of putting a practice squad tight end out there, put a depth defense offensive lineman who's probably not great since he's not starting on a not great offensive line anyways, and help your already bad offensive line and try to create some physicality, some running you know, threat. And I will say Lamar Miller over these two games has played pretty well. Um, I don't think he's certainly part of the problem at all. But, um, you know, so that was something we saw right off the bat. Uh, note early was Hill started at running back for Cincinnati. I don't even know why they're going through the motions with him. That Just give Mixon the ball more and more. You know, Bernard out-snapped both those guys in this game combined. Um, so, you know, I get that. I mean, they, I guess they trust him more. He's good in the passing game. But you got to make this Mixon's backfield and make Geo the compliment. I mean, Mixon, to me, looked good. Needs more touches. I had some problems with how Cincinnati played offense. That was one of them. I would have leaned on Mixon more. And as the game went on, A.J. Green disappeared. Um, I have a hard time believing that, the, especially with two corners injured, the, the Texans lost two corners in this game, two good corners in this game, that they couldn't get Green more involved as a, during the game. Um, he did have a really nice catch and triple coverage for a long gain. But, man, I mean, you, you can't use that guy more. He's a superstar. A um, couple other things here. Great punt by Huber early in the game. And Houston started on its own, too, if you remember that. Um, and then there's a bunch of back-and-forth poor drives from that part. But I thought Huber and the Bengals punting game was giant in this game. I thought he did a really nice job positionally, long punts. Uh, pinning them back. It didn't pay off for them in the end, but I thought it was a big factor in their favor. Uh, a huge play. You know, Ross, the first-round pick, first career catch. Kareem Jackson blasts him. Ball goes up in the air. Plucked out of the air by Clowney. And then he runs a nice long run back, just palming the ball effortlessly in his left hand, just like me or you holding an a orange or something. It was crazy. As he rumbles down the field, like, wow, look at that dude. Um, great starting field position. Um, at that point, too, we were seeing a lot of foreman, which was fine. I think they you know get him involved, but I thought Miller played well. Um, that that big play by Clowney and Jackson resulted in a field goal. That was the first points, 3-0. 
Uh, quickly after, that was the Dalton to Green one. They ended up making it 3-3. Again, you know, really good punting. Huber had a 61-yarder with 4.30 left in the half. I thought that was great. And then, you know, as a game, I'm not going to play-by-play this one as I do some games, but there was a spot here where Gino, I, I talked about the Watson long run, which was really the difference in the game. And honestly, I think if these teams played 10 times, it's either 6-4 or 5-5. They're pretty equally not so good. Um, but Gino Atkins just crushed Watkins, you know, just just demolished them. But on the next play, I give Watson credit. Talks the ball, runs 50 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. I also thought there was really poor tackling and really poor angles to the ball carrier on there, too, the more they showed it. Um, huge play nonetheless, and I made the, not the joke, but the statement, you know, after that, boy, people are going to think Watson's good now. I don't, I don't. A um, couple notes from the first half. Both teams had three sacks each in the first half, and I thought, going back to Watson's struggles, I thought the Bengals dropped two interceptions in the first half, too, that this game would have been much different. This Erickson dude is interesting. I really like his return skills a lot. Um, nice drive, you know, at the end of the half to make it 10-6 at the, at the, at the half. It's still a very close game. I thought J.J. Watt was really good in this game. Don't get me wrong. And I loved his last play of the game, just blasting Bodine, the center. How much fun would that be? But I don't think he's the same. I mean, and when I say the same, I mean the best defensive player I've ever seen. I don't think he's as fluid. I think he's stiffer. I don't think his, his change of direction or explosions where it used to be. I was watching him a lot. I mean, he's still a really good player, but I don't think that he's back all the way. And I hope he does. I just don't know if he will be or not. Jonathan Joseph was injured. Later on, Johnson was injured. Eifert got injured in this game, didn't return. Dude's always hurt. But, I mean, Texans without their top two corners. We'll see how bad that is. Um, and then to open the second half, since he mounted a respectable drive to open the second half, got, got it out quick, some decent runs. Eifert would have had the touchdown, but he went out of bounds first. And I'm not sure what, I mean, I kind of blame him there. What were you, how, why did you end up out of bounds there? I mean, and then came back in. Not like somebody bumped you out of bounds or blasted you out of bounds. I thought that was poor by him. Um, but it was very much needed, long, sustained drive. They still settled for yet another field goal, and we're still down 10-9. Uh, I mentioned that Huber and the punt team has been great. Uh, Geno Atkins, I mentioned how he blasted Watson. But I got to say, he was really good in this game, too. You know, that, you know, I mentioned how I was watching Watt. I was watching Atkins a lot. He was better than Watt and probably the best player on the field. I thought Geno was a total stud, um, as usual. A um, couple things about the Bengals here. They're at, I mean, their offensive line's obviously a problem, but they are moving them more. They're asking more out of more athleticism and on-the-move uh, type of plays, which I think is smart considering what they had. Zach Cunningham's a guy I wanted to bring up, too, that Cushing is now suspended. Cunningham's going to be an every-down guy. He's a good fit. He's athletic. I watched him a lot in the preseason, too. Uh, I didn't love him coming out of school, but I really like what I'm seeing in today's NFL. Good compliment for this defense. And then the fourth quarter, the Hopkins versus Adam Jones battle. And Watson threw to Hopkins like every time. I mean, you might as well put it up on the billboard. Hey, I'm throwing it to Hopkins, and Hopkins is going to run down the field on a short pattern, kind of push off, get open, and make a play on a not-so-great pass. Over and over and over. Just staring down. And eventually they called one, which I didn't blame him for not calling. I'm not complaining about that. 
But one was bad, and they did call him. But it was close every which way. But didn't Houston catch on to that? Or didn't Cincy catch on to that? I mean, it was play after play. Can't you buzz a linebacker or a strong safety underneath the route to try to steal one there instead of just letting those two go one-on-one on the outside? And Hawkins is a better player than Jones anyways. And what else do they have? All their tight ends are concussed. Fuller's not around. How do you let Hopkins beat you? You know, I mean, that's that's my point. Is jam him at the line or play off and have a linebacker buzz under every throw because you know they're not going to go deep. Um, so that bothered me. Um, just another note too, Tyler Irvin. He's basically now a wide receiver. Um, and then slightly over two minutes in the game, third and long, long drive. Watson scrambles, not for a first down, but he, it was a, a good, smart scramble. Make it a, an easier field goal. Make the game 13-9. And then, you know, fourth down at the end of the game, Dalton throws an uncatchable pass. I mean, not for that wasn't fourth down. I mean, they still had the, the, the crazy play at the end where Watt blasts Bodine. But um, Dalton throws an uncatchable pass there near the end of the game. It was like, oh, boy. Uh, again, I wasn't super impressed with this game. I mean, I, I, there's no way of me real sugarcoating it. I don't think either one of these teams are good. I think the Bengals have a chance to be the the worst team in the AFC North, to be very honest with you. Um, I also wanted to tell you about uh, something I've been into lately. I mean, I told you I do this Steelers show. I do it with Tim Benz and Craig Wolfley. And we just happened to be talking about the 30 for 30 broadcast that was on lately. Because Craig Wolfley, who played for the Steelers, was around during the strike year when the Redskins won the Super Bowl. And the 30 for 30, the most recent one, was talking about that. Um, it was all about the strike year. And my buddy Wolf was talking about how strange it was, you know, like his mo- the guy he looked up to, Mike Webster, crossed the line. And, you know, and 30 for 30 really went into that in detail with, with through a Redskins angle more than anything. I thought it was a really good show. And how about Mark Mosley was the MVP of the NFL that year, which is insane. Um I, I'm sure you can figure this out. I, I feel like I'm ahead of the game in the podcast world. I've been doing this for like 13 years before people knew what podcasts were. And I host many of them now, and including this is my main one, obviously, every day. But I have a Dynasty one, and I do one with Bill Williamson. And for those of you who know me, I do a lot of podcasts. And which ties off that is all I ever listen to are podcasts. There's many great podcasts out there. And I just found out about this 30 for 30 one, too. So... I'm really hoping that the next one up is about that scab year strike shortened season. As you can imagine, podcasts, NFL history, all those things are right up my alley. So now let's get into the good stuff, the real good stuff, the picks. Go into my bookie as we speak. Just pulled it up and let's pick games. We got Tennessee at Jacksonville. The Titans are a point-and-a-half dog on the road. And I've been asked a lot this week, are you on board the Jacksonville hype train? And what are people calling it? The um, I forget. Something about the bandwagon, the, the jag wagon or something. Whatever. Um, and I sort of am. I love Fournette. You know, I picked him as my rookie of the year. I think he's a special player, and he will be the foundation of the offense. I love their defense. Calais Campbell looked awesome. I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be a Hall of Fame type corner. Bouye's really, really good. 
But I still think their passing game is going to be one of the worst in the league. And at some point, that's going to come and haunt you. And I just wrote an article for The Score about Tennessee, how they need to examine how they're playing the game. Corey Davis looks really good, by the way, too. I think Corey Davis is the next Amari Cooper. Just a little note there. I love Corey Davis. Um, But Tennessee needs to get back to pounding the rock and DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, O-line, maybe some Mariota runs. And I know they want to evolve, and I understand that. But this week, too, I think it's got to be who runs the ball better and I think I'll take Tennessee in that regard just because I trust their passing game a little more. But Jacksonville's D is better than Tennessee's. This is a good line. You know, I mean, a one-and-a-half spread. It's in Jacksonville, but I never feel like Jacksonville's got a great home field advantage. I really do think their D is top-notch. I'm going to take the Titans, though, just because I thought they were the better team a week ago, you know, before we saw them in action. And I absolutely think Mariota Mariota. I always say his name wrong, by the way. You guys... A couple people yell at me for that. Mariota is wrong. Mariota's wrong. Mariota is right. And I say it wrong all the time, I guess. Maybe that's my Pittsburghese. We'll blame that. But I love the dude. I think he's, you know, if I was starting a franchise, I would probably take Mariota ahead of everybody. I mean, everybody. Um, so I'm going to take him over Bortles in the end, and I'll give you the one and a half at home. Brownies go to Baltimore. Browns had a very hard time protecting Kaiser. And he had a hard time protecting himself because he held the ball a long time and their receivers didn't uncover real well against the Steelers. Now they have a stiffer test against the Ravens. And the Ravens rush the passer really well. I think that Ravens defense is great. But are the Ravens going to win by eight? If this was six, I would say I'll take the Ravens. I just don't know that they're equipped to beat anybody by eight. And I yes, I saw that they just smeared the, the Bengals. And you're probably sitting there going, well, the Browns are worse than the Bengals. Are they? Uh, maybe. But I see a real low-scoring game. I think the Browns' defense is respectable, especially against the run. I thought they did a great job against a really good Steeler O-line against the run. So I think they keep this game close. Um, I'm going to take the birdies to win it. But if you're going to give me eight, I'll take the Browns in a close game. Bills go to the Panthers. Um, this line shocks me. You know, of the ones out there, which one are you going to put a couple bucks on? Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers, and I'll give you seven. Uh, I think the Bills are a really bad team that just beat a abysmal team in week one. So maybe some people out there think that they're an eight and eight type of team, and Shady McCoy ran real well. I think Carolina had a, a somewhat of a tough test to go to San Fran across country to start the season after Cam Newton only attempted two passes in the preseason. Uh, there was obvious rust there. But I don't think the Bills move the ball on Carolina. I think that the Bills' defense is little resistance. I'll gladly give you seven if you take the Bills, and I'll take the Panthers at home. Uh, here's another one. Patriots go to the Saints. Uh, the Saints... I know it's only one game, but they might be a little worse than I thought. And on offense, you know, that I think they're missing Snead. I think they're missing Brandon Cooks. That they're a guy short there, and that's just asking too much from Breeze. I don't believe the Patriots' defense is as bad as it looked against Kansas City. Um, Cooks' revenge game. There's a lot of these revenge games this week, but I'll probably skip on that. But what do you, I mean, I love Sam Bradford. You guys know that. I've been bragging about him for a long time, and I feel kind of justified after this week. But we saw what he did against the Saints. What do you think Tom Brady's going to do against him? You know, that 
I understand it's in New Orleans and the Saints are a much better team in the Dome and Breeze's numbers are much better. But I'll give you six and a half all day. I mean, the Patriots, how often they lose two games in a row? They might win this game by 30. I mean, that's just who they are. Uh, I'm still a huge believer in New England. You can have six and a half at home. Give me the Pats in what could be a blowout. This is a nasty, ugly game. And I just wrote an article about both these teams for for dynasty reasons, fantasy dynasty reasons for football guys. I read an article or so a week for them. Um, Cardinals at Colts. And, and I urge you to go look at it because what I'm doing is guessing what these teams are going to look like in 2018. No luck, no David Johnson. I think the season is shot for the Colts. David Johnson might not be back until Christmas. Their defense is really good. Um, it's in Indianapolis. Uh, Colts plus seven. Ugh. I got the. I got to take the Cardinals. I mean, um, I'm not sure I would take the Colts to beat anyone. Maybe including the Jets. Uh, and Arizona has problems even without David Johnson. But I think they'll be able to protect. Palmer has enough weapons. I don't think Palmer played as bad as his stats show either. I don't think he's done. You know, so I think that's. Uh, I think if they're in for a long year, I, I look at the Cardinals as like a six and ten team now or a nine and seven team without Johnson. But I like the Colts as might have the first overall pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you seven because Indy's awful. Interesting game: the Eagles at the Chiefs. The Chiefs were highly impressive, obviously, in Week One. Eagles got a nice win. Great familiarity between these head coaches. I think they know exactly how they're going to play each other. Uh, Eagles corners are a problem right now, but I think they'll rush the passer well. I think both these teams will rush the passer well. I would think Wentz makes a big play more than Alex Smith, but he probably makes two plays he shouldn't have too, where Smith probably won't screw things up. I don't think Hunt goes bonkers or anything like that against a really good Eagles D, but I don't really like the Eagles um, running game at all right now. Uh, I do like their weapons, and I think Wentz has a nice game, but you probably see Peters on Jeffrey a fair amount, but you can throw away from Peters with some success. Um, I'll take Kansas City to win, but a close one. You're giving me five and a half. You guys know I'm Eagles. Fa- I'm an Eagle fan. Um, yeah, I'll take the Eagles in like a three-point game, 21-17 maybe, in that neighborhood. Close, good game. I'm looking forward to watching that one a lot. Um, the one I'll be watching, of course, closely is the Steeler game. Vikes are at Pittsburgh, and I really think with all the Steeler news I do around here and all the conversations I have about Pittsburgh all week, that this town doesn't realize how good the Vikes are. I mean, the Vikes are one of the best teams in the league, and I absolutely believe that. And I think it'll be a really close game. But they're also kind of walking into a buzzsaw. Steelers home opener, everybody's healthy. Um, knocked off some rust for guys like Bell and Martavis and even Ben, who didn't play much in the preseason. So I like the Steelers to win a close one. But again, if you're going to give me five and a half, what the spread is, I'll take the Vikes plus the points. But Pittsburgh to win it uh, 30-28, something like that. And I like these defenses, but I think the Steelers' offense is really good. Bears are going to the Bucks, and the Bears really should have beat the Falcons last week. I'm not sure how much we talked about that, but that game was very winnable. And we'll get to the Falcons. They're, they worry me a little bit. First game of the year for the Bucks. Going to be hot. Um, rested, probably anxious. Can the Bears 
combination of Cohen and Howard create enough offense? Tend to think not. I, I think the Bucks are a pretty solid team this year. Um, can they control the game on the road? Probably not with their running game. But I do like the Bears' D, and it wouldn't shock me at all if Winston makes a couple decisions he shouldn't or forces things. Or I definitely think the Bears or the Bucks without Martin are going to have a tough time and will lose the battle at the line of scrimmage to Leonard Floyd and Hicks and those guys. So I could see this thing being tight early, but I think the Bucks pull away, win at home. Maybe some fatigue sets in for Chicago. But seven? I think that's a really good line. I could go either way. Give me the Bucks. I'll give you the seven. Maybe they score late to, to win that one, but I don't feel super confident about the line. We got Miami. It's also their first game of the year. They're going to L.A. to play the Chargers. I think Melvin Gordon has a nice day. I think Keenan Allen has a nice day. I think Rivers has a nice day. I think Ajayi has a decent day. Um, I think Parker and Landry and those guys will have a tough time. I think the Chargers' pass rush will be a problem for Miami as well. I like the Chargers at home. And... I'll give you the three and a half. The Chargers are three and a half point favorites. I'll take San Diego at home and and in the points. They're not San Diego, Matt. Quit saying they're San Diego. I do it all the time, and I probably will for the next month or two. Get used to it. The Jets are a dismal, terrible, awful team. They're getting 13 points on the road in Oakland, and you can have the Jets in 13. Um, is as questionable as I ha- I feel about the Raiders' defense. They played well in Tennessee. Mack could have three sacks in this game. Certainly could be Jets turnovers. And I don't see a lot of resistance at all for Amari, Carr, Lynch. Uh, the Raiders, I think, just roll in this one. Washington at Rams. You know, the McVeigh Bowl. And the Rams just destroyed a dismal Colts team. So a lot of people are thinking that they're legit. And I've been telling you that for a while. I like what the Rams have done. Washington was unimpressive this past week. And Cousins played poorly. And not much from the running game. I wonder if P. Ryan's going to start taking over. And drops. And I don't think their defense is all that good. If I were doing a power ranking right now, I would have the Rams ahead of the Redskins. At home, only two and a half point favorites. I like the Rams here. I do. I think the Rams are a quality team now. And Goff's a quality player. Will he make a mistake or two? Of course. But give me the Rams and I will give you the two and a half. All right. Dallas goes to Denver. Dez is going to have a tough go of things. Will Elliott, though? I don't love the Denver run defense. And I like the Dallas offensive line to do more than enough in the run game and probably enough in protection. Dallas's defense played well. Uh, we didn't mention Demarcus Lawrence. You know, he, he was a really nice surprise, and there's a lot of ability there for sure. Get some kind of pass rush. Lee and Smith were solid. The secondary's pretty good. Tough place to play in Denver. I'll take the I'll take Dallas to win. The spread is two. Denver's a home dog getting two. I do think it's going to be close, but I'll take Dallas and give you the two. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm confident on that one. Niners go to Seattle, and they're going to get walloped. Um, Seattle's O-line, I understand, is a problem. I recognize that. I get it. And Wilson took a lot of hits. But... And the Niners have some nice young defensive pieces. I see that, but I don't know where the Niners get points from in this game. I think their offensive line is going to get destroyed in this game. That they may, I bet the Niners score 10 points or fewer. It's a 14 point spread, and I bet Seattle gets to at least 24. So I'll give you that 14. I think Seattle has a statement game, much like the Patriots. Letting everybody know, hey, we're not going anywhere. We had a, we had a tough week one, but we're going to throttle the Niners. Packers go to the Falcons. And I got to say, this line shocks me. The Packers are getting points. They're getting three. They're a better football team than the Falcons. They get the better quarterback. They got the better defense, although I'm really coming around on the Falcons' defense. I think Ty Montgomery is a strong starting running back. I have some questions about the Falcons' offense and the line. I think they could have a hard time. They had a hard time with the Bears. I understand the home field advantage and a new building and all those things. But I'm going to take what I think is the better football team right now, even though it's on the road to win. And if you're going to give me points too, yeah, man, I'm all on. I'm on board there. Give me Rodgers plus three. Monday nighter, Lions at Giants. Oh my, I really like the Lions offense, I really like the Giants defense, I really dislike the Lions defense, I really dislike the Giants offense. I'm going to operate at noon on Friday Eastern under the assumption that Odell is playing and will be close to top form, and I don't think they have an answer for him, and I think that just makes the whole offense click enough. I don't think the Lions will run the ball at all. I think Jenkins will probably shadow Tate, although Peterson shadowed Jones last week. Interesting. Um, and Galladay's fine, but he doesn't scare the heck out of me. I mean, they'll be fine on that. Stafford is a much better quarterback than Eli, and I'm a big, big Stafford supporter. But I'm going to give you three and take the home team. I got New York laying three, but that's a pretty good number. I mean... I don't see a ton of points in this game. Probably will be close. I think Stafford will keep it close. But I think Odell is, is big here. That you know that, that That's a key. All right, all right. So, good talk. This is always the best podcast of the week. Spread the word. Uh, a lot of stuff going on on the Locked On Network. I will talk to you soon. See you.